we want to welcome all those that are joining us by way of television this morning. I just was presented a check for $200 from the Olivet United Methodist Church. Amen. From the Legion Riders. Amen. Give those Legion Riders a round of applause. I think, I think this is the first time in almost 50 years that I've got a check before I've preached. Maybe we start, should have the collection before I preach rather than after I preach. But we want to thank the American Legion Riders of the Osseo um, Club. Very generous contribution. And I think that, that this contribution, has, they've been very faithful over the years of making this contribution and grateful sponsors of all of that. And without their support, we probably wouldn't be able to televise. Many of our televi televisions view us by way of television, those who are shut-ins and those who are in prison and those who are unable to come to church, um, able to support us also. It's just through the generous support of many of our listeners. We just want to thank God for the faithful ones that watch by way of television or listen by way of radio or YouTube or Facebook are present on Sunday mornings. Again, I want to thank the American Legion writers, and I'm going to call in Kathy, and I'm going to present this to Cam, or Kathy Gross this morning, and she may have a few words before we get started today. And the praise team, if, if they'd like to come, and Kathy, you want to maybe share a few words on behalf of the administrative board? They're faithful writers. Thank you, Kathy. Let's give the Legion writers a, a, another round of appreciation. Appreciation. Amen. Um, oftentimes have, you know, guest speakers or we have a guest musical group, but most mu musical groups are not even going out publicly anymore, too, and, and they're requiring, you know, honorariums, too. So you're kind of stuck with me this morning. We'll have a good time of worship, and then we'll, we'll go outside, and we'll have a word of blessing on the bikes, and then we'll come back in and grab some hot dogs and beverages and refreshments and just be cool about it. And that turn in our purple hymnals, purple hymnals this morning, if you would. That's purple hymnals number 384, Love divine, all loves excelling. Ask that you would stand at this time as we turn to purple hymn number 384, Love divine, all loves excelling. And if um, you have a spouse or a girlfriend here this morning, you might want to just face them and you can sing to them. We can sing to them. Purple hymnal number 384, please. Oh. 
Let's turn to our next praise song, spirit song, purple number 347, 347 spirit song, please.
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. At this time, my brother-in-law's funeral this past week, my wife's brother, who had a massive stroke and passed away in the staff of the Osseo Care Center. And Osseo took such tremendous care over the last year as, as Scott Hassel experienced the stroke and was unable to walk or talk or communicate. And they took such tremendous care of Scott. And I want to thank those remembered all of us in our thoughts and prayers and we're all just kind of a little exhausted about all the events that have transpired this past week. Kind of acknowledge not only the American Legion and the military, but asking a blessing upon our travelers. It's kind of a Memorial Day weekend and many weekends, uh, Memorial Day, I'm asked to speak at Fort Snelling or Camp Ripley Glen Haven, but due to COVID, they're, they're doing a, kind of a virtual, virtual, and we've done a number of taping. And next Sunday, I'll be speaking up in central um, Minnesota at Pleasant Mound Cemetery by Lone Prairie, Minnesota. That's where my wife and I purchased a lot, but I think we'll be buried at Fort Snelling because the boats are free of charge there. But I, I thought that's uh, kind of an uh, interesting name for a cemetery, Pleasant Mound. Pleasant Mound. Let's spend a few moments in silence as, as God kind of clears our minds of many activities of this past week and, and kind of focus on the day and the future before us. Bow in prayer with me, please. Father God, we want to thank you for the spirit that's at work in our midst, whether we recognize it or not. The Bible reminds us the prince of this world is Satan, a fallen angel. But God has come to overcome Satan in our lives. We're reminded that our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and forces. We remember a few names that have been with us in the past. They were a part of the Legion Riders group who have now passed from this life to the next, especially remember John Smith, who introduced me to the Legion Riders. We, we thank you for Kathy Thorne and being with her through the years that she's experienced the loss of her husband, Tim. And, and there's other strategic names that we may want be thinking about during this service and as we bless the motorcycles today that they no longer are riding with us. There may be those by way of television and radio and YouTube and Facebook that are entering that season of Memorial Day weekend. And normally we think of those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice during the wars of the past, but, but it's become a, a holiday, uh, a three-day weekend when we consider all those uh, mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and friends and neighbors and relatives that have preceded us in death and we decorate the, the graves. And we, we want to thank you for the, the many shoulders that we've been able to 
crawl on and we, we, we stand tall and true today because of the way that they've paid for us. They're, they're um, fruits of the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and long-suffering and meekness and gentleness and kindness and self-control that, that have led us to this point in life and worship. We ask, O oh Lord, as we um, view our scripture reading, those that are viewing us by way of television or radio, they may turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 26 and following, and we may turn in our Bibles uh, to a very interesting passage of scripture that reminds us about, about this world that we live in is experiencing very chaotic times and unsettling times. And when we think that the world is falling apart, it may be coming together in the fact of God's kingdom. We are witnessing many events in life that are unfamiliar to us, events that have been prophesied over 2,000 years ago during the birth of Christ in prophecy. And we know not the day or the hour of your return, but we know that you have promised your return and one of the greatest significant events in the world will be the um, rapture, the taking up of the Christians, of believers in Christ. We pray, O oh Lord, for those that are present here. We pray for our legion riders. We ask a special blessing upon them as they travel the roads, as we bless them with the clarity of mind and body, soul, and spirit, and longevity, and, and we pray for their bikes, their cycles. And also a member of our church that is unable to be with us today, um, Roger and Sherry Curtis, they wanted to be with us, but many of us remember Sherry Curtis was shot, shot nine times in a bank, banking situation outside of metropolitan area by a real crazed individual. But Cherry Curtis survived those nine shots to her body, but she's slowly recuperating, hoping to be with us maybe in the years to come and unable to ride a motorcycle currently. We pray for others that would want to be with us today, but due to circumstances are unable to be with us. We thank you, Lord, for taking the 90% possibility of rain and, and turning it into um, a non-rain day. We are grateful for, for that. We are grateful for the sun outside. And, and we ask your blessing upon not only the, the motorcycles but and the motorcyclists, but blessing upon the food and the fellowship. And as they wear the, the flag and the little angel and as they carry the um, St. Christopher's medal, which was uh, a medal of transportation and safety. We ask, Lord, that you would bless our food and our fellowship. As you taught us all to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And at this time, I'm going to be reading um, from the church Bible, um, scripture leading from Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 35. And I'll ask Mike if he come forward and prepare to um, share more of a kind of a lay, lay message this morning. And there should be Bibles provided for you. If not, we can get Bibles if you want to follow along. Reading from um, Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. You'll find that in the New Testament. Luke chapter 8, verse 26 and following. You'll find that in page 68. Page 68 page 68 in the New Testament here. Jesus healing the Gennesaret demonic. My, what, my wife and I have had an opportunity to lead groups, groups to Israel, and this particular scripture kind of really comes alive when, you, when you've actually been there and kind of walked around this, this lake. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. You've been hearing a lot about Galilee in the news lately. And as Jesus stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met Jesus. For a long time, this man had worn no clothes. He was, he was naked. And he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. Those tombs are currently still there. And when he saw Jesus, he fell down before Jesus, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized the man. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bounds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion. Legion means many, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So Jesus gave them permission, and then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake, and they were drowned. And then the swine's herd saw what had happened. They ran off, and they told it in the city and in the country. And then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom 
The demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. May God add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. At this time, you're going to hear from man that made it through desert storm and desert shield, like many of us, and he came back and he was nailed by a car and flew some 60 feet. 62 feet on a bicycle, that's how far I flew. I weighed 175 pounds. They had to do CPR to get me in the ambulance, and it gets even worse at North Memorial that defibrillate marked three times. I had a broken back, a traumatic brain injury, and compound fracture in my left ankle. Six weeks, almost six and a half months in the hospital. I left in a wheelchair and 40 pounds lighter. At 33 years old, I had to learn to walk, talk, read, eat, drive, start everything over just like a baby at 33. Five years ago, I got married, I bought a house, and I'm back to work and driving without any restrictions on my license. People say, Mike, you're lucky to be alive. Certainly not, luck had nothing to do with it. I'm blessed with the capital B. There was an angel and they ambushed me on the way to the hospital. The angel looked at me and said, don't worry, Mike, everything's gonna be all right. That's very encouraging. But when I died at the hospital, guess where I got to go? Heaven's real. Folks, I've been there, I've seen it. The Lord himself walked up to me. I only heard two words, not yet. Came out of my coma and here I am. A lot of information from here to here. Had learned how to read, but it's all true. So don't, don't get worried, overly worried or, or severely depressed about what's going on in your life because there's somebody watching out for you. Our scripture today started out with uh, Jesus and his disciples going to Gadara. This was on the opposite side of Lake Galilee. And Gadara was several miles from the lake, but it was still closer to the lake than Galilee was. Gadara, Gadara was opposite both geographically and spiritually, because spiritually because it was a Gentile city. As Jesus stepped away from the boat, a naked, possessed man approached him. I have no idea how I would react to that. That sounds strange. This naked man lived in the tombs. Tombs are spiritually unclean for Jew, Jewish people. Only animals and evil spirits live in the true tombs. But animals do have one thing over this crazy man. They usually live in groups or herds or family. But this man lived alone, naked in the tombs, alone. Perhaps this can adjust your thinking a little bit. Mental illnesses and misbehaviors right now today are exclusively thought of as a result of either a mental or a physiological issue. Many times this is true and correct, but I'm sure it's not across the board, it's not in every time. In Jesus' day, what they thought of when they saw something like that, they figured it had to do with the demon demon um, infection. Both then and now, though, demons are real. They do work in our world. And I'm wondering, how many diagnoses, actually not physical, but stem from a spiritual or demonic influence? The man was told to lay down by Jesus. He, of course, laid down. They immediately had the man fall to the ground. And they begged Jesus, don't torture us. 
this is confirmation that Jesus ranks above and over our enemy Satan and all of his minions. In verse 29, he ver verbally commanded the demons to come out. In verse 30, Jesus asked the demon what his name was. And among the Jewish people, a name is really important because it signifies what you do and who you are. The demon identified himself as Legion. A Legion is actually a company of uh, 6,000 soldiers. For the Romans, that's what a Legion was. So wondering if this man was naked in the tomb, he had like 6,000 demons in him. The demons did have complete control over the man, and they begged Jesus not to send him back to the abyss. Now this was a learning opportunity for me last night. I learned there, are, there is an abyss. I thought, what is an abyss? I looked it up. It's actually the housing for the demons and evil spirits. It's not heaven, it's not hell, it's a separate place. There was a herd of pigs nearby, and Jesus ordered the demons, just as requested, out of the man and into the pigs. Pigs are already unclean to Jewish people, but possessed pigs, that's taking it to a whole new, whole new level. With the fatally destructive nature of demons, the pigs ran headlong over the bank, and they drowned in the lake. The herdsmen saw this and went into the city to tell the people what they had seen Jesus do. The city's population heard that he cast out demons, and they went out to see him to verify the story they had heard from the man. When they arrived, the formerly crazy naked man was sitting at the Lord's feet in his right mind. People saw this, and how did they react? They became afraid. I thought, afraid of Jesus? What? Didn't make sense. But then, when I considered, they didn't know his mission, they didn't know who he was, they didn't know his abilities and authority over evil and bad things. Uh, that's why they were afraid. It was their, their in the, they weren't, they didn't know Jesus. It was their, I don't remember the word, sorry. Later on, his right man, the, Jesus asked, the man asked Jesus if he could go with him. Jesus said, no, you can't. He had a more important job for him. He said, go back to your, your town and tell all the people what the Lord has done for you. Thank you, Mike. Is, is that fan on there, Kathy? It's not? Oh, it is, okay. This fan behind me is not too noisy, is it? There's not too many days during the summer that we get too hot. This might be a kind of an ext extraordinary um, summer of heat. Um, the portion of scripture that we um, are wrestling with today is a, is a somewhat controversial. Um, if you're in the um, the number that believe in demonic activity, you're in the majority. According to George Barna and Lou Harris, that 70% of the, our population believes in demonic activity, that, that um, 
the warfare we're experiencing is not necessarily against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers and forces. And as I had mentioned earlier, it seems like, you know, you could go years without seeing, you know, horrendous events occurring in our country. And then a while back, it seemed like, you know, it could be monthly, and then it got down to weekly, and then almost daily if you um, aren't in contact with news media and you see the changes in the times and the, and the chaotic activity that we have. A little later in the service, we're going to be having um, communion, and anybody is welcome within the Church of the United Methodist Church. We believe in open communion, and you decide your relationship with Christ and one another. And the communion elements are um, um, bread, unleavened bread, and grape juice, and they're, they're little cups. It, this is how we used to um, administer communion in the military, in the Air Force. You take the first top, which is kind of a cellophane, and you just pull it back, and then you get to the bread. And then the second um, tab you pull is, is for the grape juice, and we'll be getting into that in probably 15, 20 minutes. The well-known um, narrative, which um, we have we have just now read and we've heard, is um, very carefully, carefully recorded by a number of the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's a striking instance of our Lord's complete dominion, how God says there's a Holy Spirit along with a demonic spirit, but the Holy Spirit has a dominion over the so-called prince of this world. You know, God is not the prince of this world. The Bible says that Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angel, is the prince of this world. And we see the great the company of all of our souls. We, within the Christian church, believe that we're not only body, mortal body, but we're eternal spirit and soul. And of our souls, for there's a warfare going on. And the strong man that the scripture says is the fallen angel, is wants to foil, destroy the plans of God. And there's this tension that's going on in the world. And let us mark first in this um, passage of scripture the miserable. It is a miserable condition of those who, over whom the devil reigns. I've heard it many times, even this morning as I talked and I prayed with a couple, the Curtises, Sherry Curtis was one of those numerous individuals that were, were, um, were shot in, in a community outside the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And, and the picture that's brought before us is, is a very frightful one when we think about all the chaos that's going on in the world and my son-in-law who's a Brooklyn Park policeman and the chaos that occurred in Brooklyn Park and he was a part of the law enforcement trying to um, minimize the, they didn't want to um, see what happened and have a repeat of what happened at Five Mile area down by Abbott Northwestern if you've not driven down there you need to 
drive that five-mile distance and the devastation because of the rioting that went on. And we're told that, that when our Lord arrived in the country, the Gadarians there, they were met by Jesus. And there was a certain person which had devils a long time. And, and he wore no clothes. He was completely naked. Neither abode in any house, but he was in, lived in the tombs or the cemeteries of the time. And we're also told that although he had been bound with chains and, and fetters, he had broke the bands and, and he was driven by the, the, the demons into the wilderness. In short, the case seems to have been one of the most aggravated, aggravated forms of, of um, demonic activity and possession. Early in my ministry, I, I served as a chaplain in the University Hospital, at Mayo Hospital. And there were times when I worked with a psychiatrist and there were almost uncurable cases. And they even referred to it as almost demonic activity. And they called in um, certain exorcists and performed deliverance ministry. And I became a firm believer in, in, um, in deliverance, deliverance ministry. Here just a, um, two and a half weeks ago, I was over in O'Reilly's. And um, a fellow drove up in a brand new Mustang. It was one of those Cobra Jets. Um, um, and it, um, he had the, um, the top down, it was a convertible, and he had taken it into a body shop just to get some body work down, and, it, and when it was brought out, um, it, there was a big decal on the outside of the car that says exorcist, exorcist. And I went up to him and I said, um, what, whatever made you decide to have that painting on the outside of a brand new, brand new Mustang Cobra Jet um, Trino convertible, why would you have the f name Exorcist on it? And he said, um, you know, just fell and I took it in, he thought that would be a, a very meaningful word to have it on his car. And I said, do you know what the word Exorcist means? And, and he says, um, no, I don't. And I said, that means uh, a sense of deliverance. Exorcism means that you're, that there's some demons and you need to be exorcised. You need to be, um, those demons need to be cast out. And as we were talking at, at O'Reilly's, and I know Dylan and many of the staff there, and, and we were standing around kind of talking about, about the uh, demonic activity and the, the, the riotous nature that's going on in our communities today. Well, in short, the case, um, seems to have been one of the most aggravated forms of, of um, demonic possession in this portion of scripture here. And this unhappy, unhappy sufferer was under the, almost the complete dominion of Satan, both in body and soul. And so long as he remained in that continual state, he must have been a very burden and a, and a trouble to all around him. His mental faculties were under the direction of very, the scripture says, a legion, legion of devils. His bodily strength was 
only employed for his own injury, it seemed, and his own shame. In a more pitiful state for mortal man to be in is, is very difficult to conceive. My um, higher education, my PhD, my doctorate is in, in like mental illness and psychology. Now cases of this bodily possession by Satan like this are, to say the least, very rarely, very rarely met with within, in our modern, modern times. Yet we must not on this account forget that the devil is continually experiencing and exercising a fearful power over many, many hearts and souls. Satan still urges many in whose hearts he reigns into a very self, self-dishonoring and self-destroying habits of life. Satan rules over many with a rod of iron, gourds them on from one vice to another vice, from one sense of degradation to another, drives him far from any sense of decent society and the influence of respectable friends, plunges them into the lowest depths of wickedness, makes him little better than self, self-murderers, and renders them as useless to their families, the church, the world, as if they were dead, because they were, are nearly dead spiritually, and they are not alive. And where is the, the faithful minister, or where is the faithful Christian who could not put his or her finger on many such cases? What truer account can be given of many a young person, many a young person, and many a young woman than they seem possessed of devils? Currently in my hometown, Eagle Bend, Minnesota, Southern Todd County, Wadena County, my, my cousin works with you know, welfare. She's a counselor, social worker, and, and she talks about the, the covens and the, the witch, witch activities, the white witches and the black witches, and the, the amount of even young teenagers that are getting into um, the black magic, and they were they darken themselves and black lipstick and black apparel and black robes. But many unhappily are the cases in which the devil appears completely, completely almost to possess many of souls. We hear of certain individuals, multimillionaire. We hear of certain actors and actresses who, who've sold their soul to the devil for a sense of celebrity and in financial gain. These are, are very fearful to think upon. Fearful is it to see what a wreck of a body and a mind Satan often brings young persons. I had made friends with Big Chick, who was a bodyguard for Prince. I had Big Chick, who became a Christian, and I'm sure in a number of my previous churches. And he shared how Prince had involved himself in, in certain black occult activities. Fearful is it to observe how he often drives him out of the reach of all good influence and buries him in the wilderness of bad companies and companions and loathsome sins. 
Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little mouths, what you say. There often remains only one thing that can be done for them. They can, can be named. Name these people before Christ in prayer. Jesus came into the country, the Gadarians here, and he healed. He healed this miserable demonic there, and he still lives in heaven. Jesus still lives in heaven, and Jesus still pities the lost, the sinners. In the worst slave of Satan, Jesus, the body and blood of Christ, is a rem remedy for sin. Jesus may yet take compassion on and set you free. And let us mark, secondly, in these verses, the absolute power which the Lord Jesus Christ possesses over Satan. We are told that Jesus commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the person whose miserable condition we have just heard described. Totally miserable. And at once the unhappy supper, sufferer was healed, and the many devils by whom he had been possessed were compelled to leave. Leave in the name of Jesus. Nor is this all. Cast forth from their abode in the man's heart, we see these malignant spirits beseeching our Lord that he would not torment them or command them to go out into the deep or the abyss, and so confessing his supremacy over them. Mighty as they were, they plainly felt themselves in the presence of one mightier than themselves. Full of malice as they were, they could not even hurt the swine of the Gadarians until our Lord granted them permission. Father, as we bow in prayer and as we look at this passage of scripture, is there, is there any area in our minds that we need to be healed of, um, maybe doubt or unbelief or maybe unforgiveness? Lord, search our souls and our spirits and those by way of television or radio or YouTube or Facebook. Our Lord Jesus Christ's dominion over the devil should be a cheering thought to all true Christians. Without it, indeed, we might well despair of salvation. To feel that we have ever near us, ever near us, an invisible spiritual enemy laboring night and day to compass our destruction would be enough to crush out every hope if we did not know a friend and a protector. Blessed be God. The gospel reveals such a one. The Lord Jesus is stronger than that. That strong man that's armed, the prince of this world, is prince of darkness, who is ever warring against our souls. The Lord Jesus is able to deliver us from the devil. Jesus proved his power over the devil frequently when upon earth. Jesus triumphed over Satan gloriously on the cross. Jesus will never let Satan pluck any of his sheep out of his hand. Jesus will one day bruise Satan under his feet and bind him in the prison of hell, according to Romans 16:20 and Revelations 20, verse 1 and 2. And happy are those who hear Christ's voice and, and follow Jesus. Satan may vex us, but Satan cannot really hurt us. He may bruise 
they're healed, but he cannot destroy their souls. They shall be more than conquerors through him who loved them, according to Revelations 8.37. With every head bowed and every eye closed and those by way of television, would you join me in this word of prayer? Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love of me, for dying for me. Your body was broken, your blood was shed for the forgiveness of my sins. Come into my heart and life. Be my Lord, my Savior, and my healer. In Jesus' name, amen. And at this time, if you would turn in your purple hymnals to page 9, page 9 through 11, as I mentioned within the United Methodist Church, if you so want to come and participate, um, you may. Um, you may take the, um, the grape juice and the bread back to the pew if you'd like, or you may, if you feel comfortable, um, kneeling. Um, we are by way of television, and if you'd like to be viewed by way of television, you may want to kneel. Um, and the times of our service are printed in the bulletin. That this time, let us turn in our hymnals. In front of our hymnals, beginning on page nine, please. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymns. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. Jesus healed the sick, fed the hungry and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And when the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always to the power of your word and Holy Spirit, in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks for it, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you think it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in 
union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of his faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We ask that the ushers would control a comfortable number. Um, we ask if you want to participate. And um, Mike, if you want to grab the um, communion plate and just give to those as they come. And because there is one loaf, we are many, are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. And the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. The body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ given for you. And as I mentioned earlier, um, these are kind of, they originally started out as military um, communion sets and then was taken over by civilians and more so now that we're kind of in that COVID situation. And the first um, cellophane um, gets you to the bread and then the second gets you to the grape juice. You can come, come comfortably, and um, Mike will hand those out individually. And if you would like to come, you can come, you can either kneel, or you may choose to return to the pews. As I mentioned, you don't need to be a member of this church. You don't need to be a member of any church. You just need to be a member of Christ. You may so choose to um, take the communion element. served in the pews. Take and partake of his body that was broken for you and his blood which was shed for the forgiveness of your sins. The body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ given to you.
And if you turn to page number 11 as we conclude our communion service, let us pray together the prayer that's printed on page 11 there. Eternal God, we give you thanks for the holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Lord. And if you turn back to your bulletins to the offertory prayer just before we turn to our closing hymn, you would pray this prayer with me. Living God, you are the Lord of all. Only you can send your spirit to bring us new life. You graciously speak your word of hope in times of struggle and uncertainty and times of joy and peace. We are grateful that you are continually at work in our lives and the world to fulfill your promises. May our giving today show our trust in you. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Then let us turn to our offertory hymn, Open My Eyes, that I may see purple hymnals number 454. 454, please.
you stand with me, please? traditions, uh, we had the offering plates back of the church so people could drop them. Did, were the, okay, would you see that they're back there? And also, I want you to turn in your bulletins to the blessing and the bikes here, the motorcyclist prayer. And if you grab that prayer, and then I think, is it Let's say that prayer together. May my tires tread on pavement. May my fairing cut the breeze. May my headlights keep on shining. May my bike avoid all trees. May I ride forever safely, both in sunshine and in showers. May I ride forever freely and enjoy this land of yours. Father, as we close now, we ask your blessing upon the food and the fellowship. And as we um, dispense with the, the flags and uh, St. Christopher's cross, we ask that you would bless these items. May we always remember as we ride that we, we have a sense of carefulness and we ask an angelic presence to protect us and to guide us and, and direct us. Keep our mind clear and in hand aware to always drive not only offensively, but very defensively. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'd like to call on Joel and and, and in Buzz, did I, did I ask you, was there a couple people that I asked to kind of assist in this? Or yeah, Marlon, okay, would you please come? These are brand new, hot off the press. Yeah, you don't you don't want to burn yourself there. And then Joel, just in case, and as they're circulating those, we have some St. Christopher's crosses to Okay, let's and look at that. You know, if if Chris was here, he'd give quite a testimony. And Kathy or Robin, you wanna pass one of those to anybody. We have a special gift here to um, our oldest writer. Who would you say is our oldest writer? Did you ever think you'd get a gift for being the oldest? And also the youngest writer. Who's the youngest writer? Joel. Robin, you want to see that these two youngins get? Thank you. Thank you. Did everybody get their... Um, now, who can say they've been here probably the most? How many years have we been doing this? Seven or eight? Who can say they've been here like those seven or eight times? Is there any way the two of you could share this? Amen, Robin. You need a bell for your bike? 
<laughs> Amen. Well, again, thank you all for coming. And Ed, it seems like I don't know what happens to all those 365 days in between um, last year's, well, it's probably, what, 720 years because we didn't meet because of COVID last year. We met in the parking lot. That's right. It must be nice to be young and in good condition like Kathy. She can recall those things, right? But again, we just want to thank you again. And, and you kind of work out a, a date if you would like to. You're certainly welcome to this facility. We promote it and push it by way of television and radio, Facebook. It, it is kind of a difficult time for other Christian writers because they're worshiping about the same time we are, too. But um, we just really appreciate, you know, this opportunity to serve you. And as I mentioned, we normally have special groups come in. And, but so many special groups that we contacted, they're just not going out yet. It's not fully clear in people's minds about the masks and distancing yet. So let's go out to the parking lot and just kind of maybe, well, you know, since we blessed the items, and I'll trust, trust you that when you leave here, you'll take the same motorcycle that you came with. And I think we can probably go right straight to the food. Can we? So, wow. Any other progress? I just, you know, I, I was going through a battle with prostate cancer, and I appreciate your thoughts and prayers there. And our daughter, Hope, has now a kind of a reoccurrence of the Philadelphia virus leukemia. So we appreciate your thoughts and your prayers. And any other prayer requests or... Before we leave, yes, yes. I just talked with Chris yesterday. I call him probably every other day in that, and, and I mean he's really feeling bad. He wanted to be here in the worst way. He comes kind of on a regular basis, and and then you know he brought that COVID home to Katie, and he just feels that wow, you know he feels bad. But Katie's home now, and um, we've had prayer, and I was on the speaker and. She says, keep it up, keep it up, which is said in the background. He'd be here, you know, and let's pray. Father, we just pray for these concerns. Pray for Kate, Chris, and they dated since high school. And it's what we're having a, a time of prayer and food and fellowship. We'd know they'd be here. I pray for my daughter, Hope. I pray for... Um, Dr. Joel, and we pray for our ER doc, and Kathy Krause, and we pray, pray for others, Lord, that you bring before us, Barb, and members. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would bless our food and our fellowship and our travels now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we pray that you, those who have traveled the farthest, that that um, may be driving some of the older Harleys that struggle to get here and struggle to get home. If you have a Honda or Yamaha, you might want to eat last, but give those older bikes and operators um, first in the line, okay? You're dismissed. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious and merciful unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.